Well, hey guys, welcome to Let's Talk About It. I'm Megan. And I'm Jackie. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about vocation. Um, we also just wanted to say that we are wrapping up season three. So that's super exciting. And thank you so much for listening and uh, just being a supporter. And we have some really exciting, cool stuff planned out for season four. So we're definitely not stopping. going to be a lot of work, <laughs> but we're going to do it. Um, <laughs> And uh, we have kind of a new setup here. If you're watching us right now, if you're just listening, then same old, same old. But if you're watching, and the lighting was really nice, but um, it, it took us too long, and now we're recording at night. So Basically, we're tech pros, yeah. and we definitely never have problems like setting up for our podcast. Like, ever. No. No. It always goes smooth. Yeah. And we don't have real jobs, so we can just do it in the middle of the day. Right. So. Yeah. Tons yeah. of free time. <laughs> Yeah, well, as Megan said, this episode is going to be on vocation. And this was my idea because if you're um, a Protestant listening or someone that's not super religious, I don't know what your background might be, but you might not know the word vocation. And um, it's definitely used more in Catholic circles. I don't know if it's strictly a Catholic term. That's the only place I've really heard it. But I, I would say, okay, because I was thinking about this. I think I've heard more vocation like vocational ministry like someone called okay, okay. for like a protestant circle like someone called to be a pastor okay that's like oh vocation like that mm-hmm. kind of thing but i don't know if just for like the just normal everyday yeah. ordinary person yeah. if it's so much used i think it's more like what's your calling or something like that i could be wrong please correct me if i am but well if you're a catholic and you are raised a Catholic, if you're practicing a Catholic now, you know the word vocation because it has been thrown at you and shoved down your throat, probably. Oh, no. Um, and when I was explaining it to Megan, so I have my phone here with some notes, so if you see me looking down, but vocation, it is your calling. Like, that's what the word vocation means. And I found a few different de- definitions online that are slightly different. Um, but one of them is vocation means a call. It is God's invitation, his call to each person to love and serve him and his church in a particular state or way of life. Um, Or another definition is vocation in a religious context is how God calls you to serve him in the world. So yes, and often in the Catholic world, the first thing that you're gonna think about when you hear a vocation is either um, becoming a priest or a nun or getting married. And then a lesser known third option that they talk about is consecrated virginity, where you're living in the world as a single person, but you have made vows. So you in some way have consecrated yourself and you are remaining a virgin. So you're not like gonna maybe one day get married or date or anything like that. Like you are committed to this way of life. Um, And that's what you think of when you think of vocation usually, but uh, that's not really the only thing that vocation can mean. And we'll get into this more later, why I think it's an issue that we focus so much on just that one way of looking at vocation. Um, So Father Mike Schmitz, who is a famous YouTube Catholic priest (laughs) and podcaster now. Yeah, his podcast was what, number one? It was number one in the world. Yeah, that's crazy. And he was a billboard in Times Square. So (laughs) that was pretty sick. So everyone, if you're a Christian, probably knows Father Mike Schmitz in some way. But I had heard of him and seen him even before I met you. Yeah. So that kind of shows how far he's gotten out there. Big deal. (laughs) He's a big deal. He wouldn't like me hearing hearing me say this because I actually kind of know Father Mike, um, and he probably wouldn't like to hear that he's a big deal. Most priests don't want to be famous, but. 
Yeah. But that's what God called God works in mysterious ways. That was his vocation <laughs> in some way. So oh, um, But Father Mike, he talks about three senses of what a vocation is. So first and foremost, and this um, was defined in Vatican II, but has always been true, is the call to holiness. And that is a vocation for every single human being that is born into this world because all of us, our destiny and what we were made for is to be holy and to be united with God in heaven at the end of our lives for eternity. So that's number one, our vocation, our calling is, yeah, holiness and to be with God forever. And that's for every single human being and that doesn't change no matter what. Does everyone live up to that vocation? Yes, no. all day, every yeah. day. Yes. <laughs> um, everyone ends up in heaven with God. If that's you're not, <laughs> you are the odd person out. Yeah. That's actually a, totally a debate about Anyway, we won't even get into that. <laughs> but that is your first and foremost, your vocation. The secondary sense of vocation is what I talked about before, where it's, oh, my vocation is to get married and have a family, or my vocation is to enter in religious life, aka becoming a religious sister, a nun, a priest, um, or as I said before, consecrated virginity. And then the third sense of vocation, which is something that will change throughout your life, is your immediate tasks. The mission God is calling you to today, because every single day, God is calling us to something. And that might be something, you know, specific. Um, so that's something that's more changing, like whatever job you're in, whatever person you're going to encounter in that day. So that's more of the third sense of vocation. And there's probably other definitions of this, but those are the three main ones that I've always heard of and known. Um, and he also really emphasized in the video, which should be remembered, that any kind of, you know, vocation, the secondary or third understanding of it that I just mentioned, is a vehicle to your first primary vocation. So marriage is a beautiful sacrament. Marriage is only a vehicle to help you become more sanctified and to end up in heaven with God. Same with religious life. Any other anything and you do in your life everything should be aimed towards heaven and eternity with god and i actually wanted to do this episode because i was like megan can we please do an episode on vocation but just talking about it in the catholic world <laughs> because i think there is most definitely been too much of an emphasis and a hyper focusing on that secondary sense of vocation like i mentioned married religious life um or the lesser-known consecrated virginity. Um, and this is kind of a debate in Catholic circles. If they're, like, the single life, and I'm not talking about single life if you're consecrated anyway, just, like, single life in general. Like, you're out in the world. You don't have to take in no kinds of vows. You're just living and working. And I don't know if that could be, like, a state of life in which you're living your vocation. And I guess if you're looking really at the secondary description of it, like, no, I guess you don't have a specific vocation, but that's what I think is a problem. <laughs> um, I don't know, Megan, do you have any thoughts so Well, far? okay, so when you first brought this up to me, um, I think we were even talking about it in a group. At first, just because the context is completely, completely yeah. different. Mm -hmm. um, so initially I was like, I don't know that like I had that same pressure because I – have never had anyone in my life be like are you gonna be a nun um, yeah 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 obviously although now that i think about it i did have one guy who this older gentleman and when i was leaving for moody bible school and i told him like oh i'm going to bible school his only like conception of christians like or someone being a serious christian was mm -hmm. like a nun or a monk and so yep. he was like you're gonna be a nun and i was like what oops sorry like I thought that was so bizarre but 
Yeah. Now that I do think about it, I think it is definitely still pressure in Protestant circles. I think it's more of, um, so like I've talked with people before, you know, I went to Moody and if you go to Moody, typically you feel called to ministry, right? And like that can look different, but there is this pressure of like, you're either called to mis- like mis- ministry or missions work. And if you're like a Christian and you have this calling, then that means like you're probably going to be like serving overseas or something. Mm. So there is that kind of like mm-hmm. pressure and I mm. see that more. So it's kind of like, it's different, but it's still the same. So like, mm-hmm. especially at Moody, it was either like you as a woman, you are going to be married and be a pastor's wife, or you're going to be a single female missionary. Mm, okay, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same, like, you need to be fitting into a certain cookie-cutter way of things to be a good Christian as a woman. And it was kind of, I mean, like, people definitely talked about this, like, oh, you know, of course you can, like, serve the Lord and have a calling and, like, the secular world but it was sort of seen as a little lesser if you were just like working a regular like job mm-hmm. and then like volunteering at your church that that wasn't really like a calling <laughs> like a calling would be like vocational like full-time ministry either in the church setting nonprofit, or overseas doing commissions mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. yeah So I think, yeah, there's a similar pressure, but different just because there's not a sense or like theology of consecrated life or religious life in the same way it is in Catholic circles in the Protestant world. Um, And I think there's less of a pressure for Catholics with the whole missionary thing because that's more seen as along with like religious life. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, Yeah. So I think it is kind of similar, but I... I remember saying to Megan, like, I want to bring this up because as a young, so Megan is married, so she would be totally fine in the Catholic world. They'd be like, oh, she's I've reached it. I've, she's reached I've, it. She's married. I'm there. She found her vocation. Now she's pregnant, so she's even really found her vocation. Double vocation. <laughs> yeah. Um, as a young, single Catholic woman trying to live out the faith, um, there's very much, like, a pressure. It's on, you know, men women but I mostly experienced as a Catholic as a Catholic woman if you're out in the world if you're not like in a relationship discerning if you're supposed to be married or actively discerning the religious life and like showing that you're doing that or something like people are always asking questions like well like what are you doing like do you want to get married do you want I'm like like it's kind of seen as like you're like not doing anything yeah a little bit like yes and There's definitely a pressure, um, like, I've been asked more than once, like, oh, are you going to become a nun? Are you going to be religious? Because I'm not dating someone or, like, in a relationship or... And you take your faith seriously. And and I take my faith (laughs) seriously. Like, I remember when I started really taking, like, I felt like I had a reversion to the faith and I started really being serious about my faith and also feeling called to post about it more. Like, yeah, I got a few comments being like, your care, like, just really sounds like the mission of, like, this order. Like, and I... And because I was single and not dating someone that was, like, super religious, it was assumed that, oh, you should be into religious life or Or something like that. Or even actively discerning that. Or, like, you know, like, yeah. And I do think that, as a Catholic, you should discern, you know, what God wants from you. Like, you should pray about, God, are you calling me to enter into the religious life? Is that something that you want me to do? 
But that is something that I did discern and did like and pray about when I was in college. And I, with a spiritual director, you know, discern through this. And it's not my calling that as far as I know right now, and both my spiritual director and I agreed. And I never felt a pressure from her. You know, she was just saying like, focus on what God has in front of you now, like in your life. And I think that Mm. is the biggest thing that I, the problem that I see because as we said in that first part of like your main call is to holiness and God has every single day before you uh, tasks and callings as to what you should be doing and just because you're not actively in a relationship or like working toward marriage like I don't know how you could whatever you're not in a relationship that's moving toward marriage or discerning religious life or entering to religious life doesn't mean you're not doing what God wants you to do and you're some way in some sense failing when it comes to your vocation. Um, I think, yeah, because I think God has different things in life he wants us to be doing, and you very much could be living what God wants you to be living into by really giving yourself in your job. Like, I was working in a ministry before, but even now my, my job where I'm working more in, like, I don't know, administrative or, like, that kind of side of things, not directly in ministry with people, It takes a lot in my, like, that I'm giving myself in my job that I know that God, you know, wants me to be doing or serving the people before me, my roommates, my family, my friends. Like, God has so many ways that we can be a beacon of his love in this world and that he can be sanctifying us. And just because you're in a state in life in which you haven't found that secondary vocation and, I mean, I don't know, it's argued as if, like, if you never find your secondary vocation in life, which I have seen older people that are you know, living their lives, and that's just not something that ever happened for them. They didn't feel called to religious life, and they never found someone to marry because you shouldn't just marry someone just to be married. Mm-hmm. And their lives are not a waste. Like every single day, they, in their vocation and like what they're doing, what they're being called to do in their jobs and their families with their friends, they are giving of themselves, and God is sanctifying them. Um, because John Paul II, he talks about in Theology of the Body that we, and I'm paraphrasing, Essentially, you find yourself, you become who God wants you to be by fully giving yourself, Mm. which in marriage, that's what's so beautiful about sex and marriage is you are entering into a marriage and you're giving yourself not those vows, like making that commitment, but you are literally physically fully giving yourself to the other person um, and fully trusting them. So that's a way that you're giving yourself, but also just throughout your life, like you sacrifice in your marriage, you sacrifice in a family when you have kids, um, you fully give yourself in religious life like those vows like you're fully giving like your sexuality your everything just to god in that way and like giving up a lot it depends on what order but there's a sense of what you're giving yourself um even in in consecrated virginity like literally you are you know consecrating your virginity to god um so it's seen as if you're lacking in some way and i actually had my theology of the body professor say that when you are not in your vocation he was talking in the sense of secondary vocation so marriage religious life consecrated something you are not fully yourself and you're in some way not incomplete Hmm. and i did not like that i saw what he was saying but i didn't agree and this could be something that people disagree with me and but i just i i think if you are every day seeking god and giving yourself in the way that he wants then no you're not incomplete well first of all it's Christ that completes us it's not our vocation that completes us and we're actually going to be incomplete and not fully who we're supposed to be until we get to heaven (laughs) we're going to be imperfect and not fully 
alive and who we are created to be until we are in heaven with God. Like we all are a work in progress, whether you look at that from the Protestant or Catholic sense, like we are continually being sanctified more and more every single day. And yeah, because yeah. I feel like that's what I was thinking when you were saying that mm-hmm. too, because I was like, I can speak from the perspective of someone who was single in Bible school, mm-hmm. which that's a whole nother pressure to get married <laughs> and find someone because they're like, this is the best place to find a spouse. Like, if you don't find a spouse by the time you leave here, like, where are you going to ever find someone? Same with Franciscan, which, <laughs> except for Megan, did find hers at her school, and I did not. <laughs> so, so like, I can speak from that perspective of someone who, like, was dating. We did discern that God was calling us to marriage and got married. I don't, I can't say that that completed me, though. Like, I mm-hmm. really can't say that. And even, like, looking in, like... I feel like it's it would be sort of an unhealthy position to have to yeah. be like oh yeah. when I'm single or even dating or engaged like I'm incomplete and I like need this person in marriage in order to feel complete um you're gonna be sorely disappointed <laughs> honestly I I remember really struggling so I got married like my last year of school and then I graduated and I felt like completely just like lost (laughs) like didn't know who I was was like very much like I don't know what God wants for me I feel very like just for the first time I don't actually know what I'm working towards because Mm -hmm. there is kind of this sense of like you know when you feel like marriage is in store for you someday that like you're sort of working towards something and then when you get it and then I was like working a job in ministry which was what I felt like God called me I was like wait I don't what what why don't I just die? Like I'm confused. And so it was like this reframing of kind Mm -hmm. of the issue for me of how, well, how am I glorifying God in Mm -hmm. what he is calling me to? And even looking back and seeing like every season of my life, there was a calling that he wanted from me Mm -hmm. and a place he wanted me in a a way that he wanted me to be living my life that I was living into and that was where I found a lot of fulfillment and satisfaction in the Lord was just being his hands and feet in the way he wanted me. And it looks exactly. different in each season. So it looked different exactly. when I was single. It looks different when I'm married. And I'm sure it'll look different in the fall with a little baby, you mom. know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think each season is beautiful. And it's we miss so much of the beauty of what God is doing when we live in a state of feeling like we are incomplete or somehow mm-hmm. lacking. Mm-hmm. Or even being disobedient and not in our in the place God wants us. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like looking at it as like, well, here, like point B is where God wants me, and I'm at point A, mm-hmm. so I really need to get to point B, but I'm not there. And if nothing you're doing is opening those doors, clearly that's not where God wants you. Like He wants you at point A right now. Well, yeah. Why? Yeah. You know. Like as a single Catholic woman in the world who has discerned that religious life, you know, is not my vocation and is dating but just I can't make the right person appear that I'm supposed to marry and and you shouldn't marry and I shouldn't <laughs> I can't just settle for someone because they're this AK quote like good catholic man if I don't feel called to that or yeah and to think that you know and I hope to find that person I hope to get married but I can't hyper focus on that at this point in my life like I'm being open 
I'm like, you know, loving my friends, doing my job, doing my best to heal. Like talk about the, the like things that I need to work through and heal and just like grow closer to God and things I need to be doing to become you know, just letting God work in me and sanctify me. Mm-hmm. And that's when you feel like that's what you're being called to. Like, I don't know, your vocation, you don't have to chase after your vocation. And I think this hyper focus on it for especially young Christian women, like you need to be this married Christian wife leaves us feeling so just desperate and incomplete and as if God has forgotten about us because it feels like he's holding out on us and he's not giving us our vocation when it's like God is giving us himself every single day and Mm. ways to be sanctified and to be close to him and grow closer to him every single day to be with him one day in heaven which is our primary vocation well and like you were talking about too even just growing in holiness yeah like I feel like really like every single year of my life God kind of takes like a sin and he's like well this year we're gonna work on this sin mm-hmm. <laughs> you know just because he knows I can't handle it all at once there's no possible way I would crumble and die and he just kind of like chips away at little things and I work with him through that I am obedient but every like moment of your life there's something that God's calling you to grow in and a lot of the time it's holiness and obedience and if we're just looking towards this like future goal in a sense yeah we can miss a lot of what god is like no right now i need you to grow in your anger or i need you to grow in this area or i really need you to you know just focus on your healing from this like event that happened to you and if we try and skip by that and not follow god's perfect plan it's not going to work out as well for us yeah and of course you can heal and do, it's not like you have to be perfect right. all things before you find your vocation <laughs> yeah. or before you get married but clearly if god is not presenting that person or that's just not something that's happening in your life which i don't want to say like god presenting that person to you because i don't know like whatever that looks like but clearly god is doing something else in your life and the best thing that you can do whatever state of life you're in is to focus on prayer and becoming more attuned to the holy spirit in your life and what he wants to be doing because i know there's times in my life where god has not been calling me to actively be trying to date or try to find someone Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. i felt him saying like i want you to focus on me and on healing or just on this part of your life like i just did not have the energy or have this the spiritual or mental or whatever capacity to be focusing on that and that's not me not going after my vocation or in some way failing as Mm -hmm. a woman Mm -hmm. because i'm not in religious life or like trying to be married or and that's where I think things get messy because I, you know, at my stage in life, you can look at me, I'm 26, which is, st- I'm almost 26, which is still pretty young. So of course people are like, oh, well, marriage is in your future. Like, you know, you'll, you will get into your vocation. Like, but I know people that are 40s, 50s, 60s, that they're not in religious life, whatever. And they're not married and it's not any fault of their own like they were listening to god they They were being disobedient they weren't being disobedient and so to hear it say like that other understanding of oh well you're incomplete and like god has that for every single person and and if somehow you Mm -hmm. don't find that it's your fault and you're incomplete you failed in some that makes you feel like you failed in some way and i just think of like one specific person in my life that for no fault of their own is not married is older i mean could still get married I don't know what God's gonna do but is not is not married and I would not in any way say that they're not living their vocation like mm-hmm. they're giving of themselves and their job and just even a specific role in my life I think in a lot of ways was very much a mother to me like not physically my mother but 
very much so and i very much was giving of themselves like what john paul ii talks about in theology of the body of how when you give yourself that's how you become become more of yourself and that's exactly what i have seen them do in their life and like have helped a lot of people and been a beacon of god's love in a lot of ways and so with that understanding that my professor said in you know in theology of the body which you know i know some people would still agree with that i just can't i can't agree with that view of it and i don't think that's what john paul ii was saying because i think there's so many ways that you are giving of yourself every single day in your life even if you're not a religious life or married and also i feel like um i don't know you can pipe in if you don't feel like this is the way it is but i think there's sometimes an added pressure that people have for women um because they look at the world and they see that a lot of times the world women are more so moving away towards marriage mm-hmm. and chi- oh, away yeah. from sorry away from marriage and children they more want to focus on their career they want to do this or that um and so then there's sort of like a reactionary stance towards that where definitely even for Christian women, there's sort of like this, like they we feel like we have to add a pressure. Like we don't mm-hmm. want them to be too content in their singleness because we want them to really be pursuing marriage and children. And for me personally, from my experience and what I have seen in conversations I have had with women, I mm-hmm. don't see that Christian women, by and large, don't want that. Exactly. What I see yeah. is that there is an ache. Like there yeah. is an ache. They want marriage they want children they want to be mothers like that isn't something I see lacking or like a problem and I feel like sometimes this reactionary gesture to sort of like pressure or just emphasize it over and over again is just sort of rubbing salt in like a wound of like definitely yeah I have this hurt in me because this Mm -hmm. is something this is a huge like deep desire of my heart Mm -hmm. that God has not granted yet and it's hard for me and every day I have to deal with that and then to have someone be like but don't be too happy in your career don't be too happy don't be too single single woman (laughs) it's Um, like trust me I'm not like I'm struggling and I just see a lot of hurt and brokenness caused to women who are not in that stage because it is something they want and people just sort of assume that because they don't they aren't there yet that it's because yeah of something they're doing does that make sense yeah no exactly and it's also important to remember like that ache that we have and i mean you can speak to this as a married woman um it's not fully like gone like this ache or like these desires that we have once you're married because ultimately the ache is for heaven with god like that's what marriage is in religious life they're like taking those vows is a foretaste of heaven and full union with god so to hyper focus, I think also, yeah, you're going to be very disappointed, like you just said earlier, when you get married because your spouse is not going to totally and fully complete you <laughs> and the way that you Well, a lot of times because want, we have yeah. that ache and that desire, like just naturally you dream of it. Of course. Yeah, and of course. come up with a perfected version in yeah. our heads that, you know, should be only accessible on the other side of heaven and mm-hmm. when that doesn't take place it can be extremely disappointing um but I also think of so like for me I'm married um and I am pregnant <laughs> but <laughs> I was married for four years before I got pregnant which in the Christian world is like insane that I didn't just get pregnant on my honeymoon so there was even sort of this kind of 
I didn't feel too much pressure, I would say. I feel like okay. I have a pretty good yeah. support system and surrounding, but I have seen a lot of women who get pregnant who are Christian, and there is instantly sort of this pressure to pursue motherhood. Um, and I think people forget that it's not that easy for all, all women. Um, yeah, there are women exactly. who struggle with infertility. Yeah. There are men who struggle with infertility. And you, you, you never know what's going on, because that's not something a lot of couples put out there. <laughs> yeah, no. And so this added pressure of, like, you're not even complete as a married woman or you're, you haven't reached full status as a married woman until you're a mother is also really hurtful for a lot of women who, once again, have that ache and that desire, and it's not there yet, and they can't have it yet for whatever reason. That's really painful, and we I think we need to be more gentle and conscious of that um, mm-hmm. to, yeah to put more kindness forward because <laughs> it's I don't I from once again from what I've seen it's not because Christian women by and large don't want to be moms that's yeah. not really a problem I see <laughs> no that's not what I see that I mean I guess if you look overall in the secular world yes but when you're talking to very you know Christian women that right. are actively trying to serve God most of them are not yeah no I don't think that's at all what I've heard most of my friends that are not married very much struggle with you know in myself like not being married because we have that we do feel like that's a calling or something for us that is not fulfilled yet so of course you do feel like an ache or a sense of like oh incompleteness but that's not how God you know wants you he doesn't want you to think that you as a human being are incomplete because that longing because that's not true like we're made complete and whole in him and are totally worthy whether you're married whether you're not married whether you're married and not able to get pregnant or not having kids like those are not things that define or our worth or our completeness as Mm -hmm. human beings and like i said the only thing that makes us complete is christ and it's kind of a balance too because you know we should we do also have that pressure, which is maybe a little off topic. Like if you do really want marriage and you are really aching for those things of like, well, you're idolizing marriage. You're idolizing. Yeah, so there's like, like the there's a balance of like, yes, you can idolize those things, which is crazy because the Christian culture pushes on us. But then they also then yell at us for having those aches and those desires um, saying, oh, well, you're not complete enough in Christ. Like, you know, it's a balance, of course, of recognizing those things, but then also realizing that, okay, I am going to keep like just seeking God in these moments and knowing that he hasn't abandoned me in this because he is actively working in my life no, ma- no matter what state of life I'm in. If he's not bringing me a Christian man to get married to or just whatever or giving me that child, you know, trying to get pregnant, if it's such a hardship and such something for so many couples mm-hmm. right now that it doesn't mean you're in- you're incomplete in some way. And like like you were saying, that longing, that longing mm-hmm. is actually, it's good. It's natural, it good. it's yeah. human, and, and I think it is something that can, it's difficult, and it's really hard, but it's something mm-hmm. that can really point us to Christ, yes. because that's the longing that we should have every yeah. day yeah. for heaven, mm-hmm. and that longing in and of itself doesn't mean idolization. It can, like you were saying, like we could make an idol out of something we, we really want yeah, and desire. And it can totally become a sin or an obsession in our life. But mm-hmm. I think for a lot of times it's we we balk or we get uncomfortable at any sort of longing or discontentment. <laughs> and when we should look at it is this is a picture of the longing we have for the new kingdom. Yeah. That right now mm-hmm. we are experiencing this now and not yet of, yes, of course we have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. 
but we also were not there yet, you know, yeah, and and, yeah. and we should be longing for that. And so that mm. that longing and ache that we can have for sort of these secondary vocations mm. should be an even greater reminder and point us towards what our ultimate longing should be. And that's something that we can miss if we just try and bury that or ashamed and we just want to try and get rid of it or hide it. Yeah, no. You know, shouldn't try to suffocate those desires in any way, because then it be, you could become apathetic mm-hmm. toward that desire that God has put in you. And that's not good either. Then you lose hope. Then you lose, you know, who God has like made you to be because we're human beings. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have these desires. And ultimately, yes, like that, that desire that we have for those secondary vocations, it points to God because that's those vocations are the vehicle to God. Um, and God will bring you to him if you're seeking him. That's what's so crazy to me is if even if you're outside of one of those vocations, if you're actively seeking after God, like he will bring you to himself. Like he will, you will be with him one day in heaven. It's not as if he's just going to leave you. And that's what's so sad to me because in the end, like whether you get married or not, like say I never get married, Megan is married. I, we're both going to end up in heaven with Christ. And we both have an yeah. equally valuable relationship with Jesus. With Jesus, yes. And that's something that, because you can get married for the wrong reasons yeah. or to the wrong person, yeah. which would mean that that marriage doesn't draw you closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think in the New Testament, Paul says, I wish that some of you would never be married <laughs> because you would actually be more drawn to God were you to just stay single. And I don't even know that that's specifically talking about religious life or that kind of context. It's just that, like, if you are going to get married to someone who is going to actively pull you away from God, which we saw all the time in the Bible. Yeah. That's why they were and told not to intermarry with, like, yeah. the other tribes and things. Because anytime they did that, they would start worshiping other gods. And it was like, for you, it would be better if you never got married. And so, you know, even in that, like, this, like, pressure or this longing to get married, like, we can't just marry someone because we feel like that will fulfill a vocation because if we're doing it incorrectly mm-hmm. then it's really not it could be drawing us away from god exactly exactly uh, and there's been people that have been turned away from religious vocations like they've gone and when you enter into religious life it's um you have to make that decision saying this is what i'm going to do this is what i feel god calling me to but then that religious order or that whoever I know more how it works for women because I've heard more of women going through this and sharing their experience. Like that religious order, the mother of the order has to decide, this is what we also feel God calling you to. Mm. And sometimes they've been turned away and then they find that their vocation is something different. So it's not like, you know, they're stepping away from that vocation that God is like, okay, nope, nothing for you. Like there you go out in the world. (laughs) It's just, that's not what God wants either at that time or that specific place. Like God is constantly working in our lives and... Mm -hmm. He's always calling us back to him. And if you're seeking him, you will find him and he will work in you and sanctify you. So I just, yeah, I just don't want there to be this pressure on, especially young single Christian people to think like, oh, my life is not worth anything because I'm not, I'm not married and I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And mostly because I also feel like that pressure is already there. Yeah. We put, a, we put enough pressure on we ourselves. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves for that. We don't really need help. No, and we already have these, you know, like a lot of us, these aches and desires for things that we're not, that are not happening. And 
I, I mean, I don't know in each specific person's life why that is, but I do know that if you're, you know, actively trying to do God's will, that he will, he is working on you and leading you somewhere that I, I don't know where that is. I don't know where that's going to be in my life. I don't know. Because we're finite too. We're only human. We don't have the perspective that God has. And that's Mm -hmm. where faith and trust has to come into play of like, I know you love me. I don't understand right now. If you love me, why you won't give me this thing that I feel like will bring me so much joy. Yeah. But I have to trust that you know more than me mm-hmm. and that you know that what I need right now isn't that yep. and that you work things exactly. for my good. And a lot of times, I mean, you can even think through your own life. Looking back with hindsight, we can see, oh, I see what God was doing. I see why he didn't give me that thing. And I'm really thankful that I just didn't have my way. Look, <laughs> that's the Bible, which yep. is just so funny to me that I we like forget to just like look what happens in the Bible, where so many of our questions, which is why we were given it, <laughs> answered. Like even in the world of what's going on right now, I'm like, hey guys, look at the Bible. Like things yeah. were also really bad there, and the similar things were happening, and God was working <laughs> through all of it, all the way to bring us Jesus, right. ours to our salvation. So yeah, there's so many times God has asked someone to wait, or seemingly that they didn't get what what they ever, ever get what they wanted I mean they I think of, they desired think of Abraham and yeah. Sarah mm-hmm. so they were called to literally leave their home and go who knows where they just had to follow God they were older they had no children they were barren and God was like I'm gonna give you a son and then they what waited it was like over 10 years yeah. that's crazy if you have this yeah. amazing encounter with the lord where he makes a covenant with you and he says like my covenant is contingent on the fact that you're going to have a son and then it doesn't happen and they get so impatient and they're in so much hurt and pain that sarah pressures abraham into sleeping with his servant to create a son because she's like i'm just going to make this happen it's not oh, happening exactly. god said it was going to happen but it doesn't and so we just have to make this happen and it caused so many problems and so much pain. And had they just waited for the Lord, a lot of that could have been avoided. Um, and of course, God works through that. And he was, it was, it's a beautiful, if you read the story, he was with Hagar, the slave. He mm. was with Ishmael. He didn't abandon them or leave them. Like God works through that. He will, he does, of he, he, his work is not thwarted by us. Yeah. But it just is such a reminder that like when God says he will be faithful, he will, even if it is not in the timing we expect or want. Mm -hmm. And we have to trust in him, even when it's really, really hard. Yeah. And I also wanted to talk a little bit before in this episode, just about discernment in general, Mm -hmm. because maybe this is bringing up questions for you of, uh, okay, well, you're saying I need to stay close to God and know what I, you know, how do I discern what I'm supposed to be doing? whether that's what I'm supposed to be doing today or, I don't know, my secondary vocation. Um, that I, some things that have helped me, you know, like, and I'm not done, like, figuring out what's going on. And none of us ever are in our lives. But, of course, I think having a mentor or a spiritual director mm-hmm. is really, really helpful. That was really helpful for me in, in seeing that I wasn't called to the religious life or because that was very much a pressure put on me going to Franciscan University, a super Catholic college, like all single women there, if you're whatever, not already dating and engaged your senior year um, or married and pregnant your senior year. I don't know. <laughs> um, there's very much like, so you're going to be a sister, a non a religious life. Uh, <laughs> and so I was like, oh crap, I guess I should discern that. You know, it just became very clear, just talking things out, like in my prayer to someone else that was trained. Cause they're also in, I guess, 
if you are if you're going to a spiritual director in a catholic context like they are trained in how to help you through this um that yeah she just looked at me and said yeah i just no i don't really see that like that being your calling it doesn't seem like the way that you talk about it the way that your desires like just the way that you are talking about the religious life and how you've been praying about it and thinking about it it just doesn't seem like it's not what I've seen women that are really called to the religious life like what it seems like you're called to um which they're not God they're not perfect but they're helping you to pray better to discern better so that's really helpful I don't know that's usually available in some way if you contact your local church or your diocese um that you can find a spiritual director um and then also discernment of spirits which um, something a spiritual director also really helped me. It was something by St. Ignatius of Loyola. Just like thinking, it's hard to explain. We could do an entire podcast episode on that, but I would definitely think about looking up discernment of spirits and that way of praying. Um, it helps you just the way that you're, when you pray, just like, is God giving you peace about this? Is he making you feel restless about this? Like, where is he pointing you to? Because a lot of times God does speak through this like deep interior peace that you grow to understand and be able to recognize as you grow closer to God. Um, and then, of course, prayer, <laughs> you know, which is sometimes the hardest thing to do, to just sit your butt down and pray <laughs> and listen to God because it's so crazy to me. Whenever I just give him, like, five minutes, I'm like, oh, I feel better. <laughs> I don't even, like, because it's not based on feelings, but, like, there's a certain, like, peace. That I, when everyone, even when everything's chaotic, like, almost a little bit more of, like, a clarity, even mm-hmm. if he hasn't given me a specific answer about things. But every day just 10 minutes if you're giving that to god and growing in that you know god will be there and he will speak to you even if it takes some time for you to hear specific things you know oh yeah yeah i mean i think i i truly believe there are people who have a spiritual gift of discernment yes and a lot of times they're the ones who are spiritual directors and mentors and that is such so helpful wonderful benefit um and my own mentor in my life she's from my church she really has the spiritual gift of intercession Mm. and i have felt her prayers for me and it's crazy because she will literally like text me like i don't know why but like for this week i've been praying for you about this and it's like the exact thing i'm struggling with that i didn't even tell anyone yep and so even just you know if you you know just talk to like the pastors in your church or like the leadership because they typically know the people either in leadership of the church or even in the congregation who do have those giftings and the availability (laughs) to mentor you and are more than willing to help connect you so i think that's something that we don't always take it as much advantage of as we should it's very helpful even to get like a confirmation or a validation Mm -hmm. if you've been praying and you do feel like you're having peace about something but you're like not sure you're second guessing to have someone else pray with you as well and be like i'm also receiving peace it's like that just sometimes that extra bit of affirmation is really really helpful yeah and there are so many people that just have those beautiful gifts and that are called to help other people do that and discern god's will for them um yeah and i wanted to read this quote just kind of along the lines of discernment and even when we were having this discussion which is how it came up for me throughout times in the women's group that I lead um, this quote came up and I wanted to read it because I really like it it's by Thomas Merton and it says my lord god I have no idea where I am going I do not see the road ahead of me I cannot know for certain where, where it will end 
nor do I really know myself, and the fact that I think I am following you, your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you, and I, have, and I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire, and I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may not know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. I remember reading that and thinking, (laughs) because so many times you're like, am I doing what's right? (laughs) Am I discerning this, especially when you feel so much pressure to discern your vocation? And just the fact that you are even asking God and trying, like God looks at that, looks on that with delight and is pleased by that, and he is your father. He's not going to just leave you yourself, even if you do make the wrong decision, and then you're still trying to seek like God's like God is always there and he's always rerouting us you know like we we see in the Bible like you just said like people we screw up a lot and we will screw up especially in that secondary voc that third sense of vocation like your immediate calling that day like oh my gosh we do not listen perfectly to God but God is always there every morning and his mercies are new every morning and that's the beautiful thing about God is he never leaves us and he's always there for us and this plan he has for us even if we mess up like God is not going to just leave us there alone and you can't ruin your vocation <laughs> especially because your your main vocation your primary vocation is union with God mm-hmm. and um I wrote myself a note just as and I thought I would share it um it's not profound it's not profound or anything like that <laughs> was But I just wrote this to myself because I was so stressed. And I just, I remember saying to myself, um, well, this this was me writing it, not to myself. But often God's plan in each of our lives unfolds as we go. We are called every moment to remain close to him, listening to the promptings of the spirit, and to follow him as best as we can, relying on his mercy when we fall. And I go back and I read that because I felt like God was just saying to me, like, it's okay. Like, just follow me. And if you mess up, like, my mercy is always there. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to miss what I'm calling you to, especially when you're actively trying to follow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think of the, I think it's Psalm 31. I don't know. I'm going to look it up afterwards and be like, oh, no, Psalm 32. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in there it says, um, like, basically those who seek after God will receive the desires of their heart and for the longest time I feel like people sometimes Mm -hmm, twist mm -hmm, that to be mm -hmm. sort of a prosperity thing like Mm -hmm. oh if I'm like it's sort of like a a give and take like oh if I'm like going after God like he'll give me whatever I want I desire a million dollars right so the desire of my heart (laughs) is (laughs) success and fame and money yeah But no, what it is is that the more we seek after God, the more that we desire his will, that we want what he wants for us, the, the desires of our hearts change to reflect the desires of his heart. And that's something also that I think throughout our lives we're growing in. And that is part of how we glorify God is the fact that our hearts are continually being changed to to more greatly reflect his heart and what he wants and desires. And we start to want and desire what God also wants and Mm -hmm. desire for ourselves for others for the world and you know that's something that greatly helped me too even when I felt like God was calling me to things that I didn't feel peace about um or I didn't want Mm -hmm. you know because I would just like pray I would be like I'm going to be obedient and I am going to follow this but God you're gonna have to change the desires of my heart and he does he does change your heart 
So that's also a good reminder too if you feel called towards something that you don't mm. want, whether for a sinful reason or just because it's challenging or scary or something, that following after God and seeking his will, it, it can be a, a journey. And oftentimes we don't immediately just like want what God wants. <laughs> and that's okay because he walks with us through that. Exactly. Yeah. It's part of our sanctification. Yep. <laughs> more and more we are formed to be more like Christ yeah. and our will is more and more formed to be in line with Christ's. And it's a beautiful thing when we finally get to heaven and it's all lined up. And yep. perfect. <laughs> And that is the main desire of our heart. When God is even saying, like, I will give you the desires of your heart. Well, what all those desires point to is him, which he's always ready to give himself to mm-hmm. us. Um, so I feel like we kind of talked about a lot in this episode, which is fine. <laughs> um, but it all, yeah, it just leads back to, like, this this pressure of, like, what is my vocation? What am I supposed to be doing? Am I wasting my life? And... No, you know, the answer is no if you're actively seeking God's will and praying and trying to do his will. And even if you feel like you haven't and you have this regret of like, well, guess what? You can start now. Mm-hmm. Like today is the day mm-hmm. and God, he also, nothing is wasted. He can use everything. And that's the most beautiful thing about God. Abraham was what, a hundred and something years yeah. old when he had finally had his mm-hmm. son. <laughs> yeah. So. And God's plan is perfect. It is. Yeah. And that's really cheesy and sounds really hard, especially when you're in the midst of a time in your life when things do not seem perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is always doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> you know what you should do <laughs> is you should find a spiritual director and talk about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, this is the end of... This is the end of season three, and we will be back with season four with um, more things to talk about, to fight about. (laughs) More guests. More guests, definitely. And we also love hearing your feedback. Our most recent episode was one that was requested by quite a few people, and we love that because then we know that you guys are actually benefiting from what we're Mm -hmm. putting out. Mm -hmm. So if you have suggestions or recommendations or something that you want, like please let us know either on our Instagram or... I don't know, email us to give us an email. Uh-huh. However you want to reach out. You have my number, hit me out. up. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know. But yeah, thanks again for listening and for being so loyal. Yeah. We'll see you uh, we'll see you in season four. Yeah.